morning everybody happy tuesday welcome to another best agent breakfast show with me charlie lambden founder of best agent um, i hope you've got a coffee or you've had one or a tea or whatever your favorite morning drink is um let's just start with the halifax house prices that are out this morning because <laughs> they are showing a month on month increase in prices so uh, these were released just less than an hour ago, okay? So it's the Halifax House Price Index for February. And they are showing average house price went up 1.1% between January and February, quarterly down 2.5%, annual change up to 2%, I think it's important to read, though, what um, the director of Halifax Mortgages said here. Still, with the cost of a home down on a quarterly basis, the underlying activity continues to indicate a general downward trend. So for any agents tempted to use this to say, oh, prices have stopped falling, that's the end of it, it was a blip that's going up, I would be careful because any buyer that carefully reads, also that carefully reads this, will say, well, hang on a second, didn't the boss of Halifax say underlying activities are still a general downward trend? So you, do, you, know, you, you often get kinks and bumps, whether things are going up, whether they're going down, you never just get a straight line. Interestingly, for me, I mean, this wasn't what I expected. I have to say, I was expected to be down. But interestingly for me, um, is the divergence between Nationwide, who did say it was down month on month, and Halifax, uh, both year. So uh, Nationwide is now showing down 1.1% on the year. Halifax is showing up 2.5% on the year, or 2%. That's quite a big divergence, isn't it? So I think that goes to show they're both quite small um they're both quite small sample sizes of the market it's worth remembering that okay um sort of between 10 to 15 percent of the total market each is what they have in terms of transactions and they only refer to transactions with mortgages they do not include cash transactions and um my view is that cash buyers since the mini budget have been getting the deals because the sellers who are looking for a quick sale have been going with cash buyers to get the speed of sale and have been accepting slightly lower offers from cash buyers than they would be from mortgage buyers. So there's a, there's a lot of things to read into that. But yeah, they're saying house prices are up year on year. So I can't bear... <laughs> I can't bear that the gusts of guff we're going to get from agents who are going to seize on this and go, oh, look, it's all okay, it's going up. Market's recovered. <laughs> if you do that, you're going to make yourself look very, very foolish in the long term. It is just a bump. A one-month thing is never a trend, right? And even the Halifax guy says trend still going down. Anyway, what I really wanted to talk about today is much more important than this. I'm going to start by reading out a comment that we got on YouTube yesterday. Let me show it. Put it up on screen with you and read it. I'll read it to you. So a chat from Simon, uh, a, 
a buyer called Simon Stevenson, who says, we saw some properties at the weekend via two different agents. One's got Toshino in the same location, right? Two different agents in the same place. One agent kept saying that the current housing market was positive and house prices look like they're going up, etc. The other agent said that house prices are falling, sellers are often unrealistic, fall-throughs are going up, and number of bar inquiries are going down. Guess which one I am now working closely with to help us find our perfect home and which one I have cast aside. And he goes on about trust and how you can't form a relationship with someone you know is lying through their teeth from the outset. So that's very interesting. And it, it kind of backs up what I want to talk about. So, so I have a bit of a mantra with Best Agent, which is that honesty pays. Now, in this contracting market that we're going into, Competition for instructions, competition for business is always, even in boom times, it's always ferocious between agents to, to the competition for listings, okay? When transaction numbers are expected to fall, as they are, as everyone expects them to do, um, it, I, no one in the industry disagrees. Even, even my strongest adversaries accept that transaction volumes are going to fall. When that happens, uh, two things happen. Some agents cut their marketing activity and spend and some increase it. And the, the point here is this, I want you to understand that those agents with budgets to do so are going to get more aggressive with their marketing and their competitive activities. I'll tell you a quick story. In the early 2000s, when there was the dot-com crash and there was a small setback in the, in the property market, it wasn't a crash by any means, but it was definitely a setback in the property market. At that point, I was running a business providing photography of floor plans and CRM software to a number of companies in London. And two of the clients at that point were a five-branch agency called Lauriston's in southwest London and a five-branch at the time agency, believe it or not, called Dexter's. So Dexter's and Lauriston's were pretty much, and we, we would do all the photographs and floor plans for all of their listings. They were pretty much neck and neck. They were direct competitors. They saw each other as direct competitors. <clears throat> and when the market tightened, Lauriston's suspended their spend on professional photography and floor plans, and they cut back and tightened their belt. Dexter's did the opposite, and they actually increased their spend. They started doing more photographs. They started doing floor plans on all of their properties. They had only been doing them on some of their higher end stuff. They started doing on all of their properties and they, they got much more aggressive with their uh, competitive differences and their advantage. And the rest, I mean, that was 20 years ago, almost exactly. And the rest is history, isn't it? Lauriston's had five branches. Dexter's had five branches 20 years ago. Now we're at, now Lauriston's. What even happened to Lauriston's, right? Uh, and Dexter's has now got a hundred and something branches. Now, this is not what you want to hear if you're an agent who's struggling and hasn't got the budget to step up your marketing spend. And I think it's it's often unhelpful when you hear industry experts saying, step up your marketing spend, step up your marketing spend. Because wouldn't we all do that? Well, we would if we could. It's not a question of whether we don't want to or not. It's a question of whether you actually can or not. So what do you do if you're an agent that understands that your well-funded competitors are going to double down on their marketing spend? Now, we're at the beginning of this market, this housing market downturn, and it's going to last a couple of years, in my opinion. 
And when we get to the other end of this marketing downturn, there are gonna be winners and losers. And the point of best agent is to become the secret weapon of the honest underdogs, if that makes sense. The good agents who just give good service to a small number of customers, they make up a very large portion of the marketplace, but they don't have deep pockets to, to fight a big battle. And I think that there is a secret, well, not a secret after this video, but a simple strategy that doesn't involve increasing your marketing spend that will absolutely, without a doubt, be a successful strategy, which is to change the battlefield on which you're fighting. Now, all of the agents that just have one single method, which is throw money at lead gen, quantity, not quality, get everything in the door, put it in your funnel, and hopefully a few, a few transactions come out the bottom. For example, I mean, on Chris Watkins' stat show recently, he talked about how Connells in one part of the country were had, had the lowest instructed to sold ratio. One of the lowest ones. It was in the 40%, whereas some of the other agents had it in the 60, 70, 80%. Now, that's a classic case of a company that just, just follows this massive lead gen and referral income as a big part of their business. They don't focus on the actual core service of getting their clients sold because they don't sell more than half of their sellers. Now, why is that? Well, there are lots of reasons. But this is where, if you are a smart, intelligent agent, you can turn into a more of a sniper mindset. This is where the opportunity for honest agents to emerge from this downturn as the victors and allow the, what's the word? The sort of myopic, one track mind, no lead gen, lead gen, lead gen, lead gen agents to actually lose out in this in this battle, okay? And it's this. The less intelligent agents, the less insightful, forward-thinking and careful, smart agents, the less analytical agents are going to fight the battle for instructions because it's the only battle they know how to fight. It's the battle they fight all the time and it's the only battle they fight. But the winners are going to be the agents who choose to fight this battle, not on the instructions battleground, but on the transactions battleground. What do I mean? What I mean is, this is what I would do if I was a good, honest agent and I knew that my competitors were going to be going hell for leather to just try and clean up the market and put all the small agents out of business, which is what they're going to try and do, guys. Bear that in mind, right? They're going to try and do it. I would be doing this. I would, every single activity that I was doing in my business would be to improve my share of transactions happening in my local marketplace. For example, I was with agents, uh, busy and successful agents up in the Northwest uh, last week. And they said to us, they said to me, Pretty much, you can when you go out on valuations, it's it, you can you can split it up into three groups, right? One third are the silly sellers with wildly over optimistic expectations on house price. They have spent a year convincing themselves of their house's value, and they will not hear any different, and they will not come to market unless you agree to put it on at this insane price. And because these are good, honest agents, 
they say we always turn those ones down. There's just no point in having them. They're just bad business. They just make you look bad. They look like you've got dusty stock on your shelves you can't sell. They waste your time. They don't earn you any money. So we, we just always turn those away. Then they said you've got the third, which are a little bit over optimistic, but they do want to sell. You're going to have to manage their expectations. They will come onto market. Some of them will sell. Some of them won't. And then you've got the one third who are the committed, motivated sellers. And those are the ones that we just grab. And those are the ones we might let go at a slightly lower fee. Um, and this is a really successful, long-standing company. So that's one thing. There, there are two. There are two aspects to this to this strategy, right? Number one, as an intelligent and smart agent at evaluation, you will know whether or not the seller is a silly seller with their head in the clouds, where you must respectfully. You, to, you need to leave them with a good impression. You need to leave them with the impression that, that you're the agent they wish they had gone with. They're not going to go with you um, because you're not going to agree to their silly valuation. If if you're following my suggestions here, you're going to say, look, with the greatest respect, I can't possibly uh, list your property at the price you want you to because in, in my professional opinion, I don't think it's any chance of selling. And I haven't got time to spend marketing properties that I don't think are going to sell. But if you'd like to come back to me when you when, at a later stage, by all means do. Um, the third in the middle, that's going to be a, a, a very careful decision. So going to the second third, the middle third of sellers who are a bit optimistic, but still do still want to sell and they might agree to drop their price. I think that's where you've got to be very careful. That's where the skill is going to come in, because on a vendor by vendor basis, you need to say to yourself, are these guys just telling me that they're going to drop their price, but they're not actually going to drop their price? Or are they actually going to drop their price after they've been sitting and putting on a slightly higher price? And if you take on those guys, those are the guys you need to be charging a higher fee for, okay? Because it's not only is it going to be harder to sell, it's going to take longer to sell, it's actually definitely going to take you more work. And you need to say to them that um, if you insist on going on at that price that I think is a little bit too high, um, you're going to make the job harder, uh, it's going to scare off the, the, the actual buyers that are out there, and for that reason, I only need to charge you a higher fee, 2% including VAT, is what I would be going. Right? I would, I'd, I'd just say that, that's my price, because it's going to be harder, and there's a big chance I won't be able to sell it. But for the third that you know are motivated sellers, well, all agents are going to be competing the hardest for those sellers, aren't they? And I'm going to come on in a minute to how you make sure that you are the one that gets those motivated sellers. But the motivated sellers are the ones you want to roll out the red carpet for, and you, you know, if you are in your judgment, they're a very motivated seller that is going to move quickly, is going to be cooperative with you, is going to trust your advice, is going to work with you, then, you know, yeah, they're going to be less work. They might get a slightly lower fee from you if, in your opinion and your judgment, they are going to be cooperative and sell quickly. You must also remember, and this is where I think getting upfront information from is important, to double check for your own circumstances, for your own safety, that there aren't hidden problems with that property that only a surveyor is going to find. Because again, that could de derail all of your work and lose you a transaction through no fault of yours. Well, it will be your fault if you didn't check up front. So I would also, in order to minimize wasted, lost work and time, I would be looking at the properties and checking that the property itself is not a problem property, okay? So ultra picky on your instructions, walk away from the, from the silly sellers, um, charge a proper fee for the ones that are going to force you to go on higher than you want because it will be more work and it is going to scare off buyers if your price is too high. Um, and roll out the red carpet for the other ones, okay? And, and in a nutshell, 
Getting a seller to trust you is as simple as this. Shut up and listen to what they want to say. Don't pitch them. Just listen to them. Understand their true motivation, not just the words coming out of their mouth, but reading between the lines. What are their real reasons for selling? How motivated are they really? Listen to them and only when they finish talking and you're sure you understand them, then come out. Don't pitch them. Just ask them questions to get a deeper understanding. Make them feel you listen to them more than any other agent listened to them. That is the simple way to get a seller's trust, right? Do not try and persuade them you're the agent. Do the opposite. Just spend time listening, asking questions, understanding them. That's how you'll get their trust. Right. That's how I deal with sellers, okay? So with this is this this is the tactic of moving the fight to the transaction battleground, not the instructions battleground, okay? Of course, there's always a battle to get in the door, and, and that that I can't help you with. You, that's that's down to your own marketing efforts. But once you're in the door, get picky. Now, but this is this last part is where the real secret is, and it absolutely is the secret here. And it goes back to that comment that I read at the beginning of the video from that buyer, okay? Of the two agents that buyer spoke to, one of them was honest with that buyer, and that buyer is now registered and in the pocket of that agent. Now, what does that give that agent the chance to do? If that agent has now got that buyer qualified in his pocket and knows that that's a committed buyer, he's now got something to ring around prospective vendors and say, if, if he thinks the property is just right for that buyer, and say, I think I've got your buyer. I think I've got the buy for your property. And if you if you are an agent that goes out talking to buyers honestly so that they trust you and register with you and want to deal with you, what you are giving yourself is the gold magic ingredient for when you are in front of a seller where you can say, you can talk about the individual buyers, no names like that, but you can say, I've just been talking with a buyer yesterday and this is exactly what they're looking for. And so you're not just saying, oh, I've got lots of buyers. People aren't gonna, vendors aren't gonna believe that in this market as much. But you can talk honestly about buyers you've got. If you have got the buyers, you will get the listings you want. But you've got to have the buyers first. So this is a big, a big about turn in strategy of how you treat your buyers compared to the last few years when buyers just couldn't even get agents to return their call. Now suddenly, shoes on the other foot. The buyers, in the eyes of intelligent agents, they now realize buyers are the gold dust. Buyers are now the key to transactions, all right? Especially if they're cash, obviously, but if they've got a mortgage in principle, if they're ready, to, if they're proceedable buyers, buyers are the key to the transactions battle, not sellers. That's what you can remind yourself, right? The buyers are the transactions at the moment. It's not like it was when it was a seller's market where the seller was the transaction. You win a seller, you know, you've got a very high chance of getting a deal. That ship sailed in most markets. Buyers, you should see a qualified proceedable buyer as a walking transaction. That buyer is your fee, not the seller. Okay? And what the reason this is going to take a while to get into your heads is because for so long it's been the other way around. You need to be ready to give buyers so much more time than you have been in the past when you've been absolutely inundated with applicants, right? If they're a qualified buyer, if you really are sure they are proceedable and serious, you should be taking them out to lunch, right? That is a walking fee. A buyer is a walking fee if you're an agent. 
And, and more than anything, because intelligent agents will now compete over these buyers, just be an agent they feel that they can trust. And not only will you get the buyer that then gives you the ammunition you need to go and win an instruction to sell to them, but you will have a buyer that trusts you because you've got them their home. And when they come to sell a few years down the line, they're going to come back to you. So you're going to be setting yourself up for a long-term benefit as we come out of this downturn in years to come. Those buyers that you treated really well with respect and with integrity and with honesty, are they're going to swear by you. They're going to recommend you to other people. Okay, so this is the long term opportunity. It's a short term and long term opportunity. This is why it's such a great opportunity. You should be treating sellers with skepticism and buyers as your babies, right? Skeptical of sellers, treat your buyers like your babies. And but obviously, not you, there might still be too many buyers for you to do this with. So you've got to judge it carefully about which ones really are worth investing time in. But if you have got, if you're the agent in your patch that's got more qualified, proceedable, ready-to-move buyers in your pocket, you will win the transaction battle. It doesn't matter how big or small an agent you are, okay? The sensible sellers in your area are going to be looking for the buyer that's genuinely, sorry, looking for the agent who's genuinely got the most buyers registered for their kind of property. Now, I'm putting this out there and any agent can hear it, right? But a lot of agents will hear this and won't be able to change their behavior and will still just go. I mean, especially the big corporates with with very long-term entrenched campaigns, they can't just suddenly snap overnight into a, right, the focus is on buyers now. Buyers are transactions. Buyers are transactions for the foreseeable future until house prices have bottomed out and start to come back up. Buyers are transactions on legs. Um, they won't see it. And this is the opportunity, which means that you don't necessarily need to be doubling down your marketing spend, especially if you don't have the funds to do that. So I worry for the large number of good agents who won't survive this downturn if they carry on thinking that instructions is the key to their future. It's not. Of course, you've got to win them. But the way that you'll win sellable instructions is by having buyers. So you need to get the buyers in the pocket and you need to be on first name terms with them. You need to know their life story. Of the, you, know, you need to have as many as you can cope with knowing their life story at the top of your head. Because when you're in evaluation talking to a vendor and you talk without giving away their personal details, of course, but you talk knowledgeably about an individual buyer situation the vendor's going to realize that you're telling the truth. And all the other agents are saying, oh, we've got lots of buyers, lots of buyers. It's just guff from those guys. They don't have those personal close relationships with the buyers that you're going to have if you follow this idea. Okay, guys, much, much longer than it's supposed to be. I hope that's helpful. Do we have any comments from agents here? Um, yeah, Daniel. Daniel Hamilton Charlton from Property Searchers Direct. Ensure that every instruction completes a BASP and collates will require paperwork ready for sale. If they don't do it, they're not serious about selling. Yes, I agree with that. Um, oh, Mark. Mark's an agent uh, currently in New Zealand, but hoping to come back to England. Think of it not as an instruction presentation, but an instruction conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and Daniel, yeah, buyers are future sellers. Treat them like your clients already. I agree with you. You've got to just, you've got to qualify them hard, though. Morning, Daniel Jones. Um, guys, thank you very much. Thanks for, for coming today. Sorry to have taken so long. I hope that was a worthwhile 
uh, little session for you agents out there. And I look forward to seeing you tomorrow on the live stream. Um, have a great day. Remember you're changing lives. And remember that honesty pays. And if you haven't done so, please go to bestagent.co.uk and set up your back office account so that you get free telephone leads from Best Agent and so that your uh, applicant and your vendor leads come to the right email address. Bestagent.co.uk, click on agents, activate your back office account and uh, see you there. Bye.